This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to another Pinky in the Brain episode of the Animaniacast. I've made a yummy dinner! Food pellets with food pellets! Please, Pinky, I've had a very tough day. Oh, you have? You've had a tough day? You? What about my day, Blaine? We always hear about your day, but what about mine? The boss this and the boss that! la de la de da North! Do you ever ask what I did today? <laughs> Very well, Pinky. What did you do today? Um, can't remember. And welcome to the Animated Cast. We are the only podcast to talk exclusively about the animated series. Animaniacs. And you're probably asking, what are we going to do tonight? The same thing we do every night. Try to talk about Pinky and the Brain. We're going to revisit all the cultural references and gags. And of course, in the end, we're going to give this episode of Pinky and the Brain, parentheses, an Animaniac spinoff, <laughs> a Water Tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again is my brother, Nathan. Oh, very funny. You're a regular Gallagher. (laughs) (laughs) You think Gallagher is funny? And across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hello. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Well, today we're talking once again about Pinky and the Brain, and uh, or or was it an episode of The Office? I guess I wasn't quite sure at some points. Uh, No, of course, this is a... The brain's journey into the real human world, and he gets to get a, a job at a re reinsurance company uh, in the Pinky and the Brain second episode of Mouse and Man. And uh, boy, uh, let me just ask you two: uh, what would what would you say to somebody if they were to ask you about what of Mouse and Man was 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 like? Nathan, what would you say? It's like getting a job, but just like <laughs> it's like if the brain got a job at a nine to five job. Oh, like that's yeah. He was working nine to five. <laughs> what a way to make a living. Uh, Kelly, what about you? I was excited to see the suit back that he used in Jip parody. That's true. And I'll, you know, what? I was thinking about it earlier and is this the only the second time that we've actually seen that suit mm-hmm. ah, it's insane so. to me i just think i just think they use it probably i, I just remember seeing it a lot um and i'm assuming that it must just be in other episodes of pinky in the brain yeah um, well, i know he for sure he uses it in other episodes did he, did he use it in the fort knox episode mm, no he because he just the car. yeah he just he just wore a suit oh, pinky. Pinky was helping with the viewers yeah, and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, and then like in Bubba Boba Brain, he has stilts. So yeah, yeah. So you know, the, it, this this wonderful suit does make its <laughs> return, which was which was nice to see. 
Well, um, let's go ahead and get into the first major question that I have. And that, of course, is to Nathan. Nathan, tell us, when did Of Mouse and Man first premiere? Oh, boy. So this episode premiered on Sunday, September 10th of 1995, which was just one day after the premiere episode, which I talked about already last time we did Pink in the Brain. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, the the Emmys were on this day. Uh, Frasier won. Um, NYPD Blue was the best drama. Uh, The Tonight Show for the variety comedy series so you know um nothing really interesting (laughs) why would you put why would you run anything against the emmys though i mean i guess today it seems like i always know when the emmys are on not because i'm necessarily interested in watching them or you know the country music awards or whatever it's just whenever i'm like trying to watch the simpsons and it's like oh it's a rerun tonight why is a rerun oh that's right. This award show is on, and then I'll maybe watch the award show if it's <laughs> if it's good or not. But it seems so weird that the WB would uh, want to show a new episode of Pinky the Brain against the Emmys. But uh, I don't know. Maybe just for the kid audience, I guess. Although this is, and we'll get into it in a little bit. This was really the most adult I've seen Pinky and the Brain. You know, act. This is this seemed like much more for an adult audience than usual. Um, it was a lot more prime time. Yes, it really was. And um, I had to, you know, we still have to find out what the heck's going on with the timeline because, of course, uh, you know, with with Tom's recollection of the Pinky and the Brain premiering, and even I've seen like, you know, stuff on YouTube, Nathan, where they're talking about Pinky and the Brain, the premiere episode, and they're showing Das Mouse, and it's, I believe, Sunday night. So I'm just very confused about... I'm, I guess they sh- technically re-ran it on Sunday night, perhaps? Like it premiered perhaps on Saturday morning and then they showed it again Sunday night? Which even sounds weirder because, I mean, commit to a, a genre or a you know an audience, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, are, you, are you a Saturday morning cartoon show or are you a Sunday night show? Pick it. You don't see The Simpsons on Saturday morning and then Sunday, Sunday night again? Like weird um whatever the wb was just getting started i guess we can't be too hard on them but i'm hard on them i think they should shut down business right now all right there should be no more wb network okay well good job nathan you're what did it work it worked they're not around anymore oh wow good job i feel bad all right i'm sorry This is Pinky, and you're listing to Animaticast. You know why? Because you're going to take over the world. No. Well, before we get into our discussion, we have a special announcement. Coming up on July 18th, Animaniacs in Concert is coming to San Diego Comic-Con. So that's pretty cool. But Mm. you know know what's cooler, Nathan? What? What? (laughs) Is that we're going to be there, too. Oh, like you and me? And Anyone else? Well, I, I figure, Kelly, can, can, can you go too? Can you, can I have a ticket. Yay! <laughs> then, yes, we're going to all be there at Animaniacs in Concert uh, in July. I think it's July 18th, right? Thursday, July 18th. Am I getting this right? 
I didn't buy the ticket. I, I believe it. Well, yeah, you haven't paid me for the ticket, by the way, Nathan. We'll talk about that later. Did anyway, you get my money for the ticket? <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, I did. I got you. I got I, your money. I haven't paid you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all going to be there in the front row. In the front row. Uh, and this is going to be a really awesome show because, obviously, it's always a great show. Wherever Animaniacs in concert happens to go, it's definitely worth seeing if they come to your town. Because... Rob Paulson and Randy Rogel are so ultra super talented and also two of the nicest people you might actually meet. In fact, we have a whole segment about Rob Paulson being one of the nicest people on earth. But these California shows, they tend to have other guests as well. You know, I would Steven Spielberg. Well, well, you know what, Kelly? (laughs) Maybe I I don't want to, I don't want to put your hopes up too much, but this would be one of the shows that I would, think if if steven spielberg were to show up maybe it would be this one let me explain jess harnell i would think probably going to be there tress mcneil i'd say yeah probably going to be there you know this is all the benefits of being in california maurice lamarche probably going to be there right in fact in one of the descriptions i think it said rob paulson randy rogel and cast or something or cast members is on one of the descriptions i saw for this show well you know what's coming up in about a year is this, oh, Animaniacs reboot. And they tend to have announcements about upcoming properties at San Diego Comic-Con. Wouldn't it make a lot of sense to put Steven Spielberg <laughs> at San Diego Comic-Con? I mean, he's been there <laughs> twice before. So, I mean, it could happen. I think, no, I'm not saying it's going to happen. But, but it should. it should. I'm saying it's going to happen. No. <laughs> <laughs> we will will it into existence. Yes. Oh, my gosh. If we're we're going to be in the front row. If Steven Spielberg walks up <laughs> on stage, I, I I don't know what we're going to... Kelly might explode. Like, there might actually... <laughs> explosion of hearts just like... <laughs> everywhere. Kaboom. Ke- Kelly, kaboom. <laughs> Ke- Ke- Kelly, <laughs> Kelly, kaboom. Kelly, kaboom. Well, so yeah, so this will be a really awesome show. And this is also going to be the first time that all three of us have been in the same room together. I know, right? We were on an escalator once at a convention. Exactly. I passed, I I met Kelly in person passing on an escalator at Star Wars Celebration, and that was about (laughs) it. Yeah. Uh, so this will be and, and Nathan. I see. I see way too much of Nathan. So yeah, I met Joey when I was born. Yeah, wasn't that but. great? <laughs> I see, see, I've had many, many years with seeing Nathan in person. But this will be great. We're all going to be there. So if you have not yet gone, if you've not yet purchased your tickets, I should say, you totally should. And uh, we'll have the link in our show notes uh, so you can get them on Ticketmaster and. I'm not quite sure if it will be open to the general public or not when this show comes out. So if it's not, here is the code to get in. It's Yakko Pinky, all one word, Yakko Pinky. And you can actually get access to the pre-sale sale for the tickets. Uh, there's the VIP seats that are close up. And quite frankly, that's the ones to get because you get to meet Rob Paulson and Randy Rogel. And who knows who else afterwards uh, to get autographs and ask questions and everything like that. So that's, that's what you want to do and uh, meet us there. We'll, we'll say hi and it's going to be super awesome. So we hope to see as many listeners 
as possible over there at San Diego on July 18th. Well, let's go ahead and get straight into our discussion of of Mouse and Man. This is Maurice LaMarche, the voice of the brain, and you are listening to the Animaniacast. And of Mouse and Man was written by Peter Hastings, and it was directed by Aru Payden, who, by the way, has been on our show and is an incredibly nice guy. And you should listen to that episode, ladies and gentlemen, because he gives out so much interesting information. I really felt like a lesson in animation talking to him. Anyway, hope to have him on again soon. Kelly, why don't you tell us what happens here in... um, This is a half-hour episode. (laughs) So why don't you just tell us what happens in the first third of, of Mouse and Man. Well, Brain is up to his usual task of trying to take over the world, and this time he gets this harebrained scheme to do something with voicemail and decides he needs a ton of money to uh, pay for it. Utilizing satellite technology and these, we will redirect all global telephone communication into an endless voicemail system. And once a person is on the line, the array and amount of choices will render them occupied, busy, and unable to defend the Earth for a full 72 hours. More than enough time for a well-prepared mouse to seize control of the planet. I see. So, all we need is a well-prepared mouse. I am that mouse, Pinky. Oh, well, there you are then. Job well done, Dwayne. <laughs> no. And he um, even has the exact amount. It's like, and I don't remember it. It's like oh, one. I wrote it down. Million six hundred and fifteen. So close. <laughs> one million six hundred and fourteen thousand. Oh, so close. I, so close. I was close. So uh, then they see these. He and Pinky see a commercial on TV from a lawyer, and he's like, "Oh, you know." If, Sue, you get money, and you know, have you been injured in an automobile accident? And then this, they have all these testimonials, and this lady who's now a piece of fudge says that she got over a hundred dollars <laughs> and some change. And then uh, there's a gravestone that <laughs> says that the, the name of the lawyer got him like three hundred dollars or something. Have you been injured in an on-the-job accident? You may be entitled to hundreds, thousands, even $1,614,000 in compensation. So Brain decides to come up with the money. He's going to get a job. I mean, this is a very multi-layered plan (laughs) going on. So he's got to get a job first, and then he's going to concoct a scheme where he fakes an accident so he can get workers' compensation through the courts and his plan is going to involve a microwave and powdered non-dairy creamer (laughs) or something (laughs) yes i I think yeah non-dairy creamer and uh he uh he gets the suit out and and like i said i was excited because that was what he wore on parody and (laughs) Are you all right? Yes, 
Unfortunately, my chest cavity is constructed of a titanium alloy. Oh, be sure to mention that in your job interview. So, uh, he goes to the office and has his interview. He goes to shake the guy's hand and he pump punches his arm through the desk and, you know, the guy seems actually kind of impressed with it, the interviewer. <laughs> and, uh, he starts asking him some questions and Brain says that he went to Harvard and, or his resume shows that he went to Harvard and Princeton, you know, has something like six years in the business, very impressive. And everything's going really well. And then right at the close of the interview, the guy comments on his small head and Brain says, well, you know, it's very, very common in my, in my race. And you know, a, a good interviewer would take that as, as an indicator, you know, to shut up and <laughs> stop, you know, because now you're going to get into some legal trouble. But uh, the, the guy said, oh, that something about y- you people or your people. And um, th- that was even worse. <laughs> and uh, now he's digging himself a hole. Uh, one more thing about your head. Yes. Isn't it rather s- small? No, not for my race. No, no, of course not. Your race. Because your people are such uh, good cooks with their little heads and all. Please, excuse me for one second. He jump, runs out the door and um, tells the lady outside the office to send everyone home. He's got himself a minority. <laughs> and by then I'm just like so cringy because... It's like, this is the worst human resource debacle I've ever seen. And, uh, <laughs> but Brain gets the job. And, um, I mean, at that point, he could sue for discrimination or um, something. Yeah, but, uh, definitely. Yeah, he, he takes the job and uh, begins work. Well, there we go. And that is the end of uh, part one. Uh, there's a lot of the stuff that goes on in here, so let's just talk about some of the uh, some of the uh, cultural references. First of all, I gotta I gotta mention I did show this episode uh, once again to some of the kids in my after school group today, and they one of the kids got so excited they're like, "Oh, is this the, you know?" She you know speaks Spanish with her her parents, of course, at home, so she's like, "Is this the, the Spanish version?" I was like, no. She's like, can you put that on? I was like, no. <laughs> and uh, I guess what they call them in, uh, in, in the Spanish language version is Pinky uh, y el Cerebro. I'm totally missing up the uh, the brain part right there. But basically, instead of Cerebro. Cere- yeah, Cerebrum, basically. Yeah, Cerebro. Uh, yeah. And then I, yeah. And then I looked at, at the French version and it's a. Uh, Minus, or the French pronunciation of minus, which is like mino or something like that. It's a minus or minus and the cortex. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. Anyway. Wow. (laughs) So the cultural references that I saw that kind of stood out. uh, Number one, the whole voicemail thing. That's not as much of a hassle, I guess, for people today. I mean, it's still a pain, but I would almost put like spam or something like that uh, in, instead of, you know, voicemail. And even that's not even necessarily voicemail. The system that he he put for everybody wasn't necessarily voicemail. It was more like a, 
I don't know what you would call it, like a like a automatic directory or something like that that would get people lost in stuff, but whatever. Um, I guess the biggest thing was probably the Gerald Ford pardon. Hey, Godbrain! Brilliant! Oh, wait, no, no. Isn't that horribly illegal? Yes, but once I rule the world, I will return the funds and then have Gerald Ford pardon me. And that, of course, is in reference to Nixon being pardoned by the then-president, Gerald Ford. Uh, I guess you could, if you really wanted to get nitty-gritty, you could get into, like, there's a Sigmund Freud <laughs> mention in this one about him having a field day with Pinky. And uh, Pinky's very like, oh, he likes sports? That's interesting. I thought that was hysterical. <laughs> but there's a, there's that's pretty much it, I suppose. I... Uh, Jeffrey Tambor might as well mention that he does play the uh, the boss right there at the end. Was it me or did he kind of look like the guy in the Michigan J Frog cartoon? You know what? He kind of looked like that to me. Uh, he he also kind of looked like a maybe a mixture of the guy from the Michigan J, Michigan J Frog cartoons and. Uh, uh, Daphne Coleman or Daphne Coleman from uh, 9 to 5. Oh, yeah. Kind of like a little bit of both. But anyway, his name is Beetle Fierro. That's the name of uh, the character's name. So Jeffrey Tambor, by the way, uh, probably best known for playing uh, on Arrested Development, the father on Arrested Development. What's his name again, Nathan? Um... The wait, which the father are we talking about? <laughs> Jeffrey Tambor's character. Okay, Jeffrey Tambor is play. Uh, I can't remember saying. Oh, you're um, the one who watches it. I can't even believe. George Bluth. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> um, I can remember his son's name was Job, which is because he's named after his father. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Jeffrey Tambor, very yeah, at the time, no no uh, controversy at all around the, him. Today, eh, yeah, I don't know. He probably went. He goes into many human resources offices these days. Uh, but there we go. So, what were some parts that you thought were particularly funny or uh, really stood out? Let's start with you, Nathan. I liked when Pinky got his head in a walnut. <laughs> Pinky, we stand on the threshold of world domination. You have a choice. You can listen closely and provide assistance. Or you can find your head compressed inside a walnut shell. Hmm. World domination walnut shell. World domination walnut shell. Well, oh, which leads me to one more thing I forgot to mention. Uh, the music that plays is the Nutcracker, the Nutcracker. Suite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which I thought, is... very cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice little extra tiny gag or something. So. Yeah, always listen to the music uh, in these cartoons, uh, you know, always those extra gags, which I love. Um, Kelly, what about you? Well, you you said the one I really, really liked was the field day <laughs> comment. That, <laughs> that was too funny. <laughs> I pre- Well, I'll give you one that I, I really liked, which was when he asked about, you know, do you have any wife and kids? This is the question that gets the first guy kicked out of the uh, the job interview because they're looking for people with no lives. Now, brass tacks, are you married? No, I do have a uh, roommate, but uh, he's very busy with his own activities. <laughs> 
Ishiko flashes over to to Pinky, who is putting on lipstick and then kisses himself in the mirror, and that was just hysterical to me. Pinky's so funny. Really, there's just <laughs> so many jokes. I listened to the, this first part, especially, is um, there's so many subtle... It's just written really well. Peter Hastings, just each line is written... It's, like, it's almost subtle uh, punch uh, punchlines in a lot of ways. It's just written yeah. really, really well. There must be a way to get this money without running for Congress. Like the fact that people would be on the phone for 72 hours. Yeah. <laughs> 70 hours. This, people will not give up on this. They won't just <laughs> hang up. For 70 hours, they're going to be tied up on the phone, and that'll <laughs> give them more than enough time to take over the world. <laughs> I like how the brain just kind of leaves that next part kind of like in up in the air. Like, we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> the main you know, thing is just to busy. get... Yeah. Well, it's kind of similar to a lot of ways, like just the classic things of just tying people, you know, magnetizing people to the ground or, or things like that. It's mm-hmm. like, you got to figure out a way to just stop the humans from doing what they're doing somehow. But, Bray, the script distinctly says... All right, you two, no fighting during the commercials. Oh, <laughs> Please, this isn't fighting. We're rehearsing. <laughs> Greetings, persons perusing podcasts. Are you looking for something a little different for your Star Wars-themed shows? Then join millions of others who now proudly call themselves scoundrels. I don't think it's millions, Texas. It has to be close by now. After all the word of mouth and interwebs, nothing exists in a vacuum, Dennis. Space does. I'm not sure what this space vacuum you're talking about is. Never mind. So if you're looking for a unique show for news, hot space opinions, unique discussion points with our hypotheticals, or taxes and musings with Saber Clash, then tune into Starships, Sabers, and Scoundrels with me, Dennis Keithley. Me, Jay Krebs. And me, your humble little Dark Lord of the Shtick, Dark Taxes. From failed bits to musical guests to dancing Wookiees, you never know who might drop by. You really never do. So start your engines, fire up your Sabers, hold on tight, and join us. For Starships, Sabers, and Scoundrels. Part of the RetroZap Podcast Network. Network. Kids WB presents the latest fashion craze. Oh, Brain, I told you rubber pants would come back in style. Pinky, if you had a mind, it would be a terrible thing to waste. Only a mechanical suit can make a fashion statement that says, I'm a mouse and I'm ready to take over the world. What statement do rubber pants make? I've never been potty trained. I'm sorry to hear that, Brain. The next time you take over the world, wear the outfit that says, I'd like to thank all the little people I stepped on to get where I am today. Suit up with Pinky and the Brain today on Kids WB. Remember, one size fits all. Let's go ahead and move on to the second third, <laughs> the middle third. Uh, Nathan, tell us what happens here in the second part of uh, the cartoon. Brain has a job now, um, and he's uh, got his own cubicle, and the boss has gone over all the uh, the rules and regulations. The sexual harassment, of course, is the largest section, but as long as he doesn't interact with anybody, he'll be fine. Here's the company policy on vacations, on personal phone calls, and sexual harassment. Don't worry about this. You're safe as long as you avoid all contact with humans. My goal in life. (laughs) I hear you. What a mollusk. He's unpacking his little things, and uh, he's got a bowling trophy and some pictures of, like, Pinky, and the guy in the next cubicle is like, hey, you got a mouse? And then uh, turns out that guy feeds mice to his snake. And then Brain ends up going tennis playing with him <laughs> <laughs> for no reason. Anyways, 
basically, Piggy and the Brain are uh, uh, almost like a married couple. Um, every time Brain comes home, Pinky's uh, upset that, you know, he never asks how his day went. Everything's about Brain always. And when Brain's on the subway, he meets some hooligans. He has a fight. Look at this. Hey, we got a freak here. Are you some kind of freak? Actually, I'm a lab mouse involved in an intricate plan to take over the world. Oh, very funny. You're a regular Gallagher. You think Gallagher is funny? Don't mess with me, man. Wow. You should run the police department, man. Oh, I will, my friend. I will. And then he's back at the office and he meets a... an attractive employee and they're kind of flirting with each other but then he uh his suit's been acting up and he accidentally grabs her and like picks her up and she's like hey are you flirting with me and he's like no i don't find you attractive at all hi i'm gina fallow i i'm the uh mr brain Why, Mr. Brain, are you making a pass at me? No, no, I promise, I honestly don't find you attractive in any way. You creep! Let go of me! Let go! Oh, dear. And then as he's walking away, the boss calls him in the office and says, Hey, I need to talk to you, and he's like, I'd like a word with you, please. In here, now. I can explain, sir. The young lady seems to have misunderstood me. I, I don't know what you're talking about. It's your resume. Uh, he, he calls him out for not having gone to Harvard or Princeton. So he has to go get his diploma. So instead, he just fakes the uh, uh, accident where he puts some uh, creamer in the microwave and uh, yells that he's been turned to a mouse. And everyone comes in and sees him like that. And that's the end of the second part of this episode. <clears throat> Help! Help! Oh, help! A terrible occupational disaster! Help! What? I've been maimed by an on-the-job accident requiring massive workers' compensation. I've been turned into a mouse! There we go. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's really amazing. No one knows how those things work. It really worked for bringing <laughs> those people out. Well, yes, there, this was, I, you know, I guess the thing that really stood out, I mean, when it comes to cultural references, the, the whole, uh, Gallagher stuff, I, I don't know if people know who Gallagher is. It's kind of, I, I take this for granted that we have a lot of audience members that are relatively young. And you say Gallagher, and they're like, who? Let me explain, children. No, <laughs> let me explain. <laughs> Gallagher was this guy, and he would tell these, I don't know, he, I think he wanted to be like George Carlin a little bit. Like, he wanted to give lessons about life and other things. Um, but really, what it came down to, what people really wanted to see him do, which was smash fruit. And uh, people would sit in the front row and have these giant tarps and get splattered with watermelon. And uh, that's Gallagher. It was fun to watch. Yeah, I don't I, remember any of this comic. 
but I remember the watermelons. Yeah, I remember as a little kid in elementary school thinking, oh, this is really funny stuff. And my dad going, oh, this is not funny. <laughs> so I guess my dad agreed with the brain right there, but whatever. Now, I've never seen the the Star Trek movies, but isn't there a scene that's kind of similar to this with Spock in a subway where, you know, Spock gets assaulted by like a Mohawk guy. Uh, and I think Spock like takes care of him. I think it's Star Trek four. I want to say with the whales, right? Does this sound familiar to either of you? I've never seen. I don't. See <laughs> well, I, well, that might be a connection and I, or maybe not. But it was a similar scene. That whole scene actually, I, I felt like, could have been almost deleted from this, you know, like, and also like you were saying, Nathan, like the tennis scene. Yeah, the tennis uh, has no point in the it's episode. It's funny, it's, but both yeah. scenes are funny. You should play golf! <laughs> but uh, really, when it comes to the... the cultural references i guess gallagher was the the main one but kelly what were some things in this uh second part you thought were funny well once again y'all or y'all mentioned the one that i thought was really funny was the gallagher one um <laughs> i thought it was funny how the the sexual harassment uh rules or documents were so tall compared <laughs> to anything else and it, you know uh and i i and i kind of feel like Around this time was when that was becoming really a big thing in the workplace. Yeah, this is really where the show, I think, kind of got more for, like, wink-wink at the adults who are watching, you know? Because there was the whole Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill hearings that happened in the 90s. And so sexual harassment was, like, this new thing. And it's it's so ridiculous that it's still... Only until, like... It seems within the past couple of years, things have actually changed a lot. Because the stories my wife could tell about her place oh, yeah. of work, it's horrible. And my mom, my mom, of course, back way back when, um, it was the worst. Yeah. And there's just like nothing. I think, I think my dad actually went and talked to one of her bosses one time. Wow. <laughs> it was so bad. I mean, because that's really all you can do. It's like, I don't think people back then... Um, you could really lodge complaints or have it dealt with. And because back when my mom was working, it was mostly men in charge still. Yeah. And um, total boys club back then. And uh, so, yeah, she had some crazy stories. But, uh, yeah, times have changed. And um, so I just thought it was funny uh, just because it's like vacation doesn't matter. And, you know. Nothing else is important, but but this is a priority. <laughs> um, and because uh, it's like, well, well, vacation is also a priority. Thanks. Um, and oh, and then the guy who feeds the mice to his snakes. That it was horrible. <laughs> I mean, it was it was funny because the way Brain reacted, but it was also the visual I got when he made that comment was not a good one. Nathan, what about you? Any other things in this? Uh second part that you liked the uh the things that pinky gave him were kind of funny uh the best lab mouse and he has to take off the tape that says <laughs> that and, and uh just a picture of him with a family just a taped on face of him and 
generic wife and kid. I don't know. And just the fact that the humans are just so stupid and they just buy it. They just go, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pinky is the, the housewife at home making dinner. Food pellets with food pellets. It's like, oh, Pinky, you're so adorable. He's a funny guy. Well, let's go ahead and get into the third part of today's cartoon. And, well, this is where it gets real. This is where it's like the people's court. Because the brain says to his boss that we're going to take, you know, I want this $1,614,000 in compensation. We won't pay. In that case, my friend, I'll see you in court. So they go off to court. We have a quick cameo, by the way, of the Good Feathers. They're outside on the, you know, justice statue. Because, of course, you got to put them out there. And inside, we have a Judge Ito-ish type of uh, judge. And if you don't know who Judge Ito is, then you never watch the OJ trial because, well, he was the judge. And a Christopher Walken, Christopher Walken type... Uh, <laughs> I guess he's the defense in, uh, for this, isn't he? Because the brain would be the plaintiff, and so mm-hmm. Christopher Walken would be the defense attorney uh, defending the company. And uh, there's a he basically goes into court, and the the defense basically alleges that the brain is not a mouse. Now he has not been turned into a mouse. Well, yes, I noticed his furry head. And I believe that's typical of his people. And what people would that be? Uh, I'm not sure. I think they're from Europe. Or maybe France. Objection, Your Honor. Size of my head, and if I was a man before the accident, is not the question here. The fact is, I am now a mouse. (laughs) Your Honor, I intend to prove that Mr. Brain is not a mouse. But simply... And also, sadly, just an odd-looking little man. And the brain actually has evidence that his his skeletal structure has turned into a mouse, but the x-rays have mysteriously vanished. Little does he know, Jeffrey Tambor's character actually got rid of them uh, in exchange for <laughs> lingerie to give to the doctor. There really is only one conclusion here. This man is a mouse. I'm afraid the only conclusion here, Doctor, is that you have never seen these. I think this might keep you quiet. It might. Another very weird cutaway scene. Right in the middle of the trial, Pinky comes in and and talks about the suit, uh, you know, being at at the company still, and the brain realizes, oh, well, you better go get the suit and, uh, you know, get that out of there so nobody finds it. If somebody finds it, then they'll know. So, of course, Pinky has to go get it. And, uh, you know, after a little bit of getting caught in a vending machine, he does uh, break out and start heading back to the courtroom. I contend that Mr. Brain is simply too intelligent to be a mouse. But no, no, I'm, I'm not intelligent. I'm a simpleton. Yes, like any average mouse. Uh... Narf. So, you would have no problem with me saying that Albert Einstein was a champion surfer? What? I mean, no. Or that the temperature of the sun is a comfy 70 degrees Fahrenheit? I wouldn't know. Or that the Fermi Direct distribution function is a soup kitchen? 
That's preposterous. Your Honor, the Fermi-Dirac function is, for any system of identical fermions in equilibrium, the probability that a quantum state of energy E is occupied. My word, man, don't you know your quantum statistics? The brain is unfortunately, however, diagnosed, or at least deemed to be, a human. And he is uh, found guilty and of, uh, you know, fraud and also, like, being naked in public. So he's going to be arrested. But right at the last second, Pinky, in the suit, comes in, just breaking everything down. He uses the titanium alloy chest to crush the guards, or at least knock them out. And then they escape by, uh, well... The brain, I believe, is stuck at the bottom of Pinky's shoe. Back at the lab, they bandage P- Brain up, and so they can next, you know, tomorrow night, take over the world. There you go. There was our last segment. Poor Brain. Go figure that this plan wouldn't work. But let's talk about a few other little quick cultural references. There was Court TV. They mentioned Court TV. Which isn't around anymore. Today it's True TV, which just for you, you know, little history of that for that cable network, it went from court TV, where they showed courtrooms, like live courtroom, all day, every day, and maybe like what is the equivalent of like investigation discovery shows. And eventually, though, that court TV turned into True TV, where it was like reality TV shows. But now, thanks to Shows like in Practical Jokers, I would classify True TV as more of a comedy show or comedy channel, almost like a Comedy Central light. But, uh, yeah. The biggest cultural references that I could find, though, is actually in the jury box. If you look at the foreman of the jury, it's this blonde guy with a beard and a curlyish hair. And I was looking at the wiki before... Uh, watching the episode, and they had mentioned that Adu Payden makes an appearance in this episode. And they said, oh, he's the guy who looks at the brain when the brain turns into, you know, the mouse in the, in the dairy creamer and gasps with the rest of the people. And I looked at that and I said, it doesn't quite look like him. So I kind of kept my eyes open. though, like, well, maybe Adu Payden is in here someplace else. And wouldn't you know it, I saw a guy that looked a lot like him in the jury box. So, what do you do? You you tweet Adu Payton. <laughs> so, if you're not following Adu on Twitter, you should be. He's at Adu Payton. And I asked him, are you the juror? And he said, yes, I plead guilty. I was the live model for the jury foreman, a character designed by the supremely gifted Rogerio Nogueria. Noguera. Uh, the guy in the doorway as that guy, he said his smart money is that he is the animation director, Charles Visser, one of the tallest humans ever to tell a story with a pencil. So thank you, Adu, for that clarification. And yay for me, I saw him. And I felt so, so proud of myself. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and talk about any uh, less moments that we thought were cute and funny in this uh last segment nathan let's start with you uh christopher walken it's pretty funny just having a voice (laughs) he is funny and i don't think there was many uh 
people doing impersonations of him at this time. Yeah. So that now was... nowadays, it's everyone has it. Yeah, everybody. Uh, Kelly, what about you? I thought it was funny when the uh, doctor was looking at the X-rays and <laughs> the boss crumpled up the paper and you know said, "You never saw these," and you know, is, "Is this enough for you to to say that you never saw them?" and he opens up a suitcase and, and you think, oh, it's going to be a bunch of money. No, it's like a corset <laughs> or a lady's lingerie. And that was completely unexpected. Again, yeah, that was, again, we're talking much more adult than we usually and, are. And I, I just like that he says, it might. <laughs> the way he says it, the, it might. Uh, and the smile, just everything about that scene was just very funny. The smile on his face, his voice. Um, yeah, the, very cute stuff. And, uh, but yeah, nice to see that the show was, it was going a little bit more adult, but not necessarily, not necessarily more risque or anything like that, but just definitely aiming towards an adult audience more for this one. Um, I will say that when I was watching that scene with the students after school today, uh, <laughs> The boys just kind of looked up at me like, what the? When that guy took out the lingerie, he was like, whoa, what the heck? Anyway, let's go ahead and get to our water tower rating. Well, what do you guys think? Out of five water towers, how many would you give this episode of Pinky and the Brain? Uh, Kelly, uh, let's start with you. I think I'll give it uh, four, um, maybe four and a half. I, again, it's so hard to say because I, I didn't watch really Pinky in the Brain. Um, so I don't have a lot to compare it to. So I don't know if there's last better week's episode. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it was better than last week's episode, I think. But I, okay. I also really enjoyed the the. Well, not last week's episode, but when we did the last episode. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was, um, they were both good episodes, but I thought this one was better. So I am going up. Um, Yeah, I'll keep my four and a half because I really enjoyed it. It was funny all the way throughout and uh, it did have a little bit more adult humor. And and I've always enjoyed that the multi-level approach from Animaniacs and, and Pinky of the Brain where... You know, adults get it, and kids, it kind of just goes right over their heads, but they still enjoy it. They don't know what they're laughing at, but, <laughs> you know, they still enjoy it. And uh, so I, I always like that. And, yeah, I think uh, four and a half. All right, Nathan, what about you? I'm going to go with three and a half. I gave last week's episode three, so I'll give this one three and a half because I also enjoyed it more. And, um, you know, I love the suit. But then again, it's like it's been done before. I mean, they're going to do it a bunch. So I can't just award it every time for doing a suit, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to go ahead. Ah, gosh. Kelly, you're almost you almost talked me up to a four and a half. But I'm going to go with my initial gut instinct and give it a four. I'm going to go right in the middle of you two and just give it a four. I really did like this episode. And like I said, it. I you know it's one of these episodes where you can just listen to the audio of it and just really enjoy it. It's written so well and it's just so funny. And as an adult, 
it's so relatable in some ways and just so outdated in, in other ways, you know, just the whole job interview really felt so cringeworthy. Like, Oh God, don't who is this guy interviewing uh, him? But yeah, it, it was, it was good. I really, really liked this episode. So four for me, that's an average of four, right? Right. Sort of. Whatever. It's good. Sure. sure, Why not? I'll be right in the middle. I'll let the statistics people figure that stuff out. Not me. (laughs) Well, before we move on, we have to get to a a special segment. And this thing is called corrections. Nathan hit us with the corrections theme song. Oops. I said something wrong. I said made something up or something else happened. It's the correction. Yay. Of the show. I'm sorry. I cut you. <laughs> I no, it's good. That was awesome. And I'll cut. I loved it. Uh, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, <laughs> Nathan, what what did we say? Or I should be more specific. <clears throat> what did you say? That was incorrect <laughs> in our last episode. So I was all excited because uh, you know there was that whole drat drat uh, double drat or triple drat that. Uh, Porky Hampton. Pig says, wait, Hampton, Hampton Pig says. <laughs> we should do another, another correction. correction on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, um, anyways, uh, I mentioned that Don Messick's role in Hanna-Barbera uh, was doing both uh, Dick Dastardly and Muttley, but uh, it was actually Paul Winchell did Dick Dastardly and... Um, Don Messick just did uh, Muttley. Uh, the the my confusion was because there's a show called Dick Dastardly and Muttley uh, Adventures or something, <laughs> ah. and I'm like, oh, he did those, but it, he just did the show as Muttley, and you know, I just didn't read. I don't like reading. Yeah, uh, it's a whole suckers. thing. But uh, em- Emily uh, Santio, Santeo Santo Santoyo, Santoyo? yes. Toyo, <laughs> she corrected. Uh, she she was uh she she knows her things. Uh, I do not. So, <laughs> well, thank you, Emily. And she did it. Of course, Emily's a sweetheart, and she corrected you in the sweetest way possible. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we always like it when we're, we're we make a mistake and someone's so nice about it. They're like, you know, actually, you know. Yeah, no, we need uh, fact checkers, and uh, unfortunately, our listeners have to be the fact checkers. <laughs> unfortunately, but hey, that's audience involvement. I think it's great. Yeah, exactly. So we fun. need more mistakes. I think actually. Yes. All right. Well, uh, every episode, we'll put uh, a couple mistakes in, and you guys try to find them. Little Easter eggs for y'all. So. I like it. I like it. Okay. Well, thank you, Emily, and sorry about the correction, everybody, or mistakes or whatever. It's in the past now. Before we wrap things up, Nathan, tell us it is your choice. You're in charge of Freakazoid. So all right. Freakazoid's on the rotation. What episode should we all watch before next week? Okay, well, we did episode one last time. We're going to jump all the way to episode two. Uh, Candle Jack, Toby Danger, and Doomsday Bet, and The Lobe are all in that episode. So, uh, don't, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I wonder how Kelly will... Uh, feel about this episode <laughs> yeah there's a there's a definitely a very weird one in the middle right there that uh ed but john john mccann who's been on our show as mentioned he he likes that one quite a bit it uh so yeah if, 
if you're into weird, obscure stuff, then uh, next episode of Freakazoid, well, really every episode of Freakazoid is for you if you like re- weird, obscure stuff. <laughs> so I'll talk about episode of two of Freakazoid next week. Quick reminder for everybody that Nathan and I are going to be at a panel mm-hmm. at Phoenix Fan Fusion. What is that? That is what <laughs> used to be known as Phoenix Comic Con. Oh, uh, you don't say that. You get, you'll I get know. sued. Thank you very much, San Diego. No, it's now Phoenix Fan Fusion. <laughs> so you'll be able to see me and Nathan make it, make the trip. Well, for me, make the trip up. And for Nathan, making the trip east <laughs> to <laughs> Phoenix. <laughs> and uh, we're going to have a panel all about Animaniacs. And that'll be on May 25th at 10.30 a.m. And Kelly will be in Disney World. So... Yeah, she'll be having, yeah, she'll be having a, a lot of fun there, but but we're we're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna have fun in, in spite of it, I suppose. Not as much fun as <laughs> riding on teacups, but you know, close. And uh, no, there's nothing compares to riding on teacups. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go to get to some contact information. Nathan, where can people find you online? Well, I'm on Twitter, uh, DjangoFD. That's me. And Kelly, what about you? I'm on Twitter as well at Yoda Princess, Y O D A P R N C S S, or email me, Kelly, at bigshinyrobot.com. All right. And as for the Animaniacast, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And if you really want to get in contact with us and just have chats about whatever, uh, like Nathan and I were doing Young Frankenstein stuff on, on it the other day, and I don't think anybody got it but us. <laughs> You should join the Discord channel of RetroZap, and you can get a welcome link by simply going to discord.animaniacast.com, and you can talk with us as well as other hosts of other RetroZap podcasts and other RetroZap writers as well. What RetroZap podcast, you might ask? Well, there's us, the Animaniacast, but there's the ARGcast, there's Brews and Blasters. We have a whole suite of superhero podcasts. We have the Deuce Cast Movie Show, the Dork Lair talking about toys, the Dune Cast talking about Dune, Kanata's Castle, Starships, Sabres and Sound, Scoundrels, and Brews and Blasters, which I think I already mentioned, right? No, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> Kanata's Castle, Starships, Sabres and Scoundrels talking about Star Wars, Techno Retro Dads talking about all the techno and retro and newsy, nerdy stuff, Warp Trails talking about Star Trek. And we know nothing talking about a little show you may have heard of called Game of Thrones. You can actually subscribe to the RetroZap podcast feed and get every single one of those podcasts delivered straight to your device for free. Whoa. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up for today. So for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. Working stinks. 